Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. From the offices of Create and Cultivate, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, and this is Work Party, a podcast for women who are redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. This season, we're bringing in leading female powerhouses to take a deep dive into the topics that matter most to you. Technology, money, marketing, entrepreneurship, you name it, we're covering it all. Tune in every Wednesday for career, real talk, and BS-free advice from the best in the biz. Ready to create and cultivate the career of your dreams? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. She has been referred to as the woman who dresses America. And for 26 years, Jenna Lyons did just that as she worked her way up the ranks at J. Crew. And we all gladly followed every stylish move she made. Jenna's personal style game can't be contested. Who could forget the white shirt and the floor-length feather skirt moment at Solange's wedding? I mean, fun fact, she wore that same skirt at the Met Gala red carpet a few years earlier. So she is just like the dream girl next door. In fact, we'd go as far to say that her rule-breaking style single-handedly changed the landscape of fashion and design forever. But now we're stepping into a new role for Jenna as an entrepreneur. So welcome. Needless to say, I can't wait to dive into her incredible career of the quintessential multi-hyphenate lady, the blessings and the challenges of starting over, and what the future holds for her and her future projects. So without further ado, please welcome the amazing Jenna Lyons. Well, welcome, Jenna. So excited to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Where are you tuning in from and how are you? Soho, New York, and I'm a little tired. (laughs) I had a big day yesterday. I'm in recuperation mode. Oh, nice. Well, at least you have a long weekend ahead of you. So that that's good. So we always like to start our conversations at the beginning. So obviously everyone knows you from your days at J. Crew. And so when you left J. Crew, you had this incredible profile in the fashion industry, super well known. And you, you know, were assured that your phone would be ringing nonstop with offers, but that didn't happen. So looking back, what do you attribute the radius silence to? And how did you handle it coming off of such a legacy and a long career? I mean, <laughs> it's a tough question to answer. I mean, obviously I've spent a lot of time in therapy thinking about it. I think some of it is just industry shift and some of it is 
probably people thinking that I was locked up or not wanting. I don't know exactly what it was, but I do know that the job that I had wasn't really replaced. And the job that I was doing there, it doesn't seem to be as prevalent nowadays. Things are shifting and the industry is shifting so much. And, you know, the creative director role at the scope and the scale of what I was doing doesn't seem to really exist that much here, especially in the United States. And so it just, it didn't materialize. And I, I have to say I'm grateful because I don't think that that would have been the best next step for me anyway, but it was a really hard experience to, to all of a sudden just be alone. <laughs> Crickets. It was very strange. Totally. After being, you know, working nonstop for 20 plus years, something that a lot of people go through. So, you know, you spoke candidly about starting over and how terrifying it was to, you know, not have the structure or the guardrails of a corporate job. So, Post J. Crew, did you take time? I mean, obviously therapy, I'm sure lots of like wine or something just to like get through those days. But you know, what what did it look like those first few months and, and how did you kind of get back on your feet? Listen, there was a very well-worn spot on my couch and I and I binge watched Homeland and a few others. I listened to this podcast once a while back and it actually was probably the best thing that had ever happened to me. And I'm happy that I listened to it prior. And I, I wish I could remember what it was, but it was a story about creativity. And it was basically a story of a bunch of people that got put into a room. 10 people got put into a room with all access to internet, art books, everything they wanted in a set of bricks and paints and all this sort of stuff. And they were allowed to make and do whatever they wanted to make. And they had two weeks, they couldn't talk to anybody. They could talk to each other, but they couldn't talk to the other group. And then another group that was separated and they had all the same art supplies, bricks and everything. And they were asked to make anything, but they had nothing but a phone book. And they were not allowed to look up anything on the internet. They had no reference material. And what was interesting was the boredom and the sort of quiet forced them to dream and allowed them to think outside of what they might normally see. And so when they unveiled their projects, people who had all the access material had made things that already existed in the world. They'd done beautiful renderings or versions of those things, but those things already existed. Whereas the people who had actually no reference material and had to really make stuff up had created things, grind the brick down and created new things and sculptures that they had never seen before because they had nothing to look at. And I was like, I'm happy that I had that, heard that prior because I actually let myself do nothing. And I didn't force myself to take dance lessons or bake bread or learn to cook, which I really should do. (laughs) But I let myself just dream a little bit and think about what I really enjoy and what I really wanted to do. And it was an absolute blessing. Yeah. Because I do feel like so much of our identity is wrapped up in our job title. And so when it's gone, you know, it can trigger an identity crisis. You know, I remember someone, my first company was called No Subject and I met up with this entrepreneur and he was like, you are not no subject. No subject is not you. Like you need to like learn to to define those things. And I was terrible at it. I think a lot of us are. So how did you get back in touch with like, who is Jenna Lyons post J crew? You know, what, what kind of things did you learn about yourself? I had a very strange experience of being in an an airport in London and a woman walked up to me and said, Oh, you're Jenna crew. And I was like, "Mm, not exactly, but almost. And And I realized in that moment, how much my identity had been connected to the brand, not just for myself, but even for my son, you know, I, he said, well, I'm her daughter, you know, and I think he felt a sense of pride in having a mom who, you know, had the corner office. And there was a lot, and I think I connected myself to that in a lot of ways. I don't, I don't know if I have any answers. I think all I can say is you do truly understand who are your friends, what is meaningful. You know, I think my life was very big and now my life is tiny and I actually prefer it. Um, it's really nice to have a small, more close-knit group to not feel the pressure to go to events, to do all that. And I realized like 
what's most important is like the quality of, you know, of the team and the crew that you have connected to you. And when I say team, I mean like, you know, your emotional team, your friends, your family and that kind of stuff. And I, yeah, I think it's a really, it's actually a really good reset. And I'm, as, as hard as it was when it was happening, I'm, I'm grateful that I experienced it. Hey, Work Party listeners, let's take a break from today's episode for a word from one of our sponsors. We're living through unprecedented times, and it's safe to say that many of us are experiencing high levels of stress, so much so that doctors are seeing a notable increase in patients shedding abnormal amounts of hair, which they believe to be related to pandemic-induced stress. The hard truth is most women will experience hair loss at some point in their lifetime. In fact, 80% will experience by age 65. Hair loss in itself is stressful and often becomes a sensitive subject for those experiencing it due to embarrassment or even shame. Enter Vegamore, a natural and effective hair loss solution that won't negatively impact your health. Vegamore believes that hair loss shouldn't be a taboo subject and they're on a mission to destigmatize it. Their products are certified vegan, cruelty-free, clinically tested, and toxin-free. They're safe for everyday use, and even better, they actually work. Take it from the hundreds of reviews from women who've experienced life-changing results. And great news, you can subscribe to your favorite Vegamore products to ensure you'll never be without them. While the products are effective, they're not magic potions, and you won't see results overnight. Consistency is key. When using Vegamore consistently and over time, you can expect to see a noticeable difference in just three months with changes as early as four weeks. Want to experience the hype for yourself? Try Vegamore right now at vegamore.com. That's V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com. And use code PARTY20 at checkout to receive 20% off. Yeah, everything really happens for a reason. Really the ultimate multi-hyphenate with interest spanning from fashion to art and interior design. And I remember, and I'm totally going to forget, what publication was on, but there was this picture of you in front of like an inspiration board. Like that was like, I was like a, I was a home tour. Maybe, maybe it was the office thing. And I had it like on my inspiration board forever. Um, and it was you in your office. And I remember being like, God, she's so, she's goals, like truly goals. Like it's so amazing. And I, I've always been such a huge fan. So, you know, what creative projects have you been exploring during this time? And, and now obviously going into the entrepreneurial side of what you're doing, like how did those inform that? I mean, I think because I didn't get a ton of phone calls, I started taking any call, any invitation for lunch. And and what happened was sort of interesting. All of these things that I never would have expected. I took lunches and phone calls with people I probably wouldn't have, not because I wouldn't want to, but I just didn't have the time prior. And I ended up nurturing a bunch of different projects along the way and thinking that they would fall away, that something would rise to the top. And then they all kind of ended up happening. And now I'm really busy. <laughs> um, so I've been working on a hotel that's in the Bahamas, which is incredibly exciting and fun. And that's a three-year arc. So that's a, a very long process, but it's a pretty in-depth process. Um, it's a ground-up build. So there's no current existing hotel. So it's really everything from working with the architect to the landscape architect to the marina to like the look and feel of the overall hotel itself to the branding, the uniforms, everything. And that's really so fun and really exciting and something that plays into a lot of my experience, but is just different in terms of being in hospitality. Although working in retail is very close to working in hospitality. It's a service, it's a service business. And on top of that, I'm launching a beauty line slash product that is coming out soon, a few weeks away from launch, which is part of the reason I'm so exhausted. No big deal. Yeah. Gosh, I, you know, I was at the inception of Madewell and when we were launching Madewell, it was, you know, obviously on the heels with this massive company that was sort of piggyback. And I remember how hard that was doing it start to finish on your own is 
oh my God, you know, there's no one to call and be like, Hey, can you come and help fix my computer? Oh, the printer's not working. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you just, are IT. Yes. <laughs> well, and, and, the, and the sad fact is there's nothing about me that is IT. So it's been <laughs> not, not one thing. It's been very exciting, but also incredibly challenging. I'm also um, been working on a television show. The show is launching this November and that's been a massive, massive lift skill set. I didn't understand. I didn't know how to manage the process at all. And so I didn't do it very well, <laughs> but I'm learning. That's so exciting. I mean, my God, <laughs> quite a bit of stuff and all new stuff, like really nothing fashion, you know, which, which is really, ex- and how does that feel? That must be exciting because I do think, like you said, you, you took this, it is fashion in a way, right? Like the hotel and beauty and all these different things. So are you excited to be outside of that industry? The reason I got into fashion was because I really enjoyed helping people feel good and feel beautiful and transform. And I, I did find it towards the end. It was harder for me. I was removed from the process of the actual product itself. And that was challenging, felt that. And my job turned into much more of a managerial and sort of guiding job. And, and while I loved doing that, it, I missed the connectivity to the actual making. On top of that, it was really, it's really incredibly challenging to make clothing on such a big scale um, and really make everybody happy. And I think what I wanted to be doing by making people happy, I was was getting harder and harder. And as reviews and feedback started to come up, I started to realize how many people were feeling like they weren't being seen and they weren't being serviced because you were trying to fit the same garment is going on a size, you know, two who's five foot two and has no boobs to a, someone who's size 14 and has a curvy figure and this, they, they don't always want the same thing, but you have to make one garment that just gets scaled and fit them. And, and it's not easy. And, and I just think it was getting, it was getting harder and harder. And I felt like I wasn't doing a good job and I wasn't delivering. It was hard and I didn't like that feeling. So I think one of the things that's really nice about what I'm doing is, you know, a lot of the things that were challenging about my previous job, like constantly providing newness, you know, which is, which is also really a challenge and and intense and it can get to you the feeling of like not being as good at what I was doing. And also like, it was getting into a place where I've been doing it for 27 years. (laughs) I was like, maybe there's something I can do differently. Um, but it is nice. All of the things I'm doing have, have deep reference points in my previous job. It may not seem like it from the outside, but experiencing it from the inside, it's so deeply connected. And I never really imagined that until I was in it. Hey, Work Party listeners, if you're a sucker for a good deal, hey, same, you will fall in love with today's sponsor, Tradesy. If you're not familiar, Tradesy is an online resale marketplace where women can buy and sell luxury designer fashion pieces. On Tradesy, you can save up to 90% off retail prices on Louis Vuitton, Gucci, Chanel, Louboutin, and so, so, so much more. So essentially, it empowers you to dress high-end without the luxury price tags. Shop their selection of new and pre-loved designer handbags, accessories, shoes, and clothing, and do so knowing that every item on Tradesy is authenticated. So you'll always get what you paid for or your money back. And with gifting season right around the corner, it's the perfect one-stop shop to buy quality gifts that won't break the bank. Tradesy has new with tags, designer pieces, and vintage treasures for way less in retail. I mean, you can literally find designer accessories for under $100 or Birkin bags. Yes, Birkin bags for half the retail price. Tracy Selections includes designer pieces at every price point. If you're passionate about the planet and sustainability, Tracy lets you shop smarter while never sacrificing the style you want. As we've learned, the fashion industry creates tons of waste and pollution, but Tracy believes that the most sustainable styles are the ones that already exist. 
Now's your time to make moves and invest in fewer, better things. And guess what? If you end up purchasing something that you don't like IRL, you don't have to keep it. Enjoy fair, simple, and stress-free returns at Tradesy. Shoppers can return most items for any reason in exchange for Tradesy credit. So visit Tradesy.com and save $50 on your purchase of $200 or more with code WORK at checkout. That's Tradesy.com, T-R-A-D-E-S-Y.com. Join the over 7 million members who buy and sell luxury fashion at Tracy. And now let's get back to the show. So congratulations on the launch of your new beauty brand. Can you tell us a little bit about it? It is uh, a project that's sort of personal for me. I have a genetic disorder and I have no eyelashes. Well, I have like seven or wow. I and three on this eye and they are really all of them really reluctant to play or party at all. So as you can imagine, when you have something of yourself that is like deficient, you notice it in other people. I notice your gorgeous teeth because I also don't have great teeth. But it's one of those things where I started, you know, I've always been obsessed with eyelashes. And I remember when I was at J. Crew, I started seeing all these girls come in with eyelash extensions. And I was like, oh, that's kind of amazing. And I went and tried it, but I didn't have enough eyelashes for it to really work. But what was interesting to me is it was expensive. It took quite a long time. And it was hard to find somebody who was really like, you know, it was still new. There aren't that many salons. Ironically, now you can't even get it done. Then COVID hit. That's a whole other story. But realizes that maybe there was something out there because I think when I'd worn them for events or when we'd actually ever use them in shoots, there was, what was out there was pretty, pretty bold. And and there are so many beautiful options out there. I just felt like there wasn't a lot of options that were speaking to me in terms of the way that I like to see beauty and also in the range that I would have hoped to see and also just a range in subtlety and ability to dial in. So we launched a line of eyelashes called Love's. Amazing. It's so exciting and such a niche category. And I totally agree. I mean, I was so excited when the eyelash extension things came out. And then when I found out I had to sit still for like an hour and 30 <laughs> minutes or whatever it is, I was like, I, I'm literally like convulsing inside. With someone, with someone touching your eye, like, it's, it's intense. It takes a lot of like, Zen and patience. <laughs> I was like, I think you have to give a Valium along with the eyelash extensions. Cause like, oh I agree. <laughs> I totally agree. It's too much. It's too much. I did it once. And then I was like, never again. And it looked amazing. I looked incredible for that. Like, you know, whatever two weeks it was, but then I was like, I can't. The day where they, like you sleep on them and they go like, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's crazy. It's so crazy. So fashion, obviously your wheelhouse, but now beauty. So how did you know about production and design and like, what were the challenges you experienced when launching this business? Honestly, it's exactly the same as what I did before. I mean, fashion and beauty are completely interconnected. I mean, when telling a story in fashion, you have, you cannot tell the story without how the face looks. It's so integral. And so, you know, especially, you know, even with, with Madewell, we tried to keep Madewell very separate from J. Crew. So we, you know, with Madewell, we were like, we're not going to put lipstick on. We're going to keep the hair natural. You know, those were the kinds of things that we sort of said, these are core tenants. And then with J. Crew, we're like, the hair can be a little more polished, but always a little bit messed up. Fine with the red lip. We're okay with the smoky eye, but never both at the same time. Like those things really stood in terms of just really helping to sculpt the look and feel of the brand. And so they are really synonymous. And so I think while everyone's like, oh, you're enjoying fashion as beauty. It's not that different. It's very connected. And we also developed beauty products when I was there and have had, and production, it's really the mm. same. I, we started the same way. I didn't know how to start any other way other than fitting. So we, we brought in 21 different women with all different ethnicities, ages, and eye shapes. And we basically made the lashes on them. We took lashes from the factory that we're working from. They gave us, we went through a massive archive and we just pulled things and then we cut them apart. We use pieces, tiny, like 
and literally strand by strand built them on to people. And what was really fascinating was like, you know, we had one woman who came in and she said, well, I really like my eyelashes to give me a doll-like effect. And I didn't know what that meant. I was like, well, what is that to you? And she's, well, I like them to be all long in the center, but not on the outside. And I was like, okay. And that became the axle lash. And it was really interesting because people's desires and eye shapes and skin tones and what they were after became really informative and is what helped shape the line, which is sort of not dissimilar from the way that you develop clothing. I'm excited to talk, dive a little bit into that because there's been a lack of diversity and inclusivity in fashion for a long time, but you also kind of took this into consideration when launching this line. So talking about eye shape and skin tone, how did you guys use that to develop the line? I mean, it was literally, it was through working with actual people. I mean, I think we, we carefully selected the first 21 women who we felt like, and men, so we brought in men as well. Just, I think the beauty industry has shifted so much. You know, looked at the YouTube video awards out of the top five, three of the finalists were boys, which I think is incredible. And the winner was a boy, which I love. And so we really cast pretty wide net to make sure that we were covering as much as we possibly could, all ethnicities and, and eye shapes and, and also ages. I think I have goddaughter who's 22 and she wears really light fake lashes all the time, um, but she doesn't wear any makeup and she use, wears them really naturally. And I love the way that looks. And then, you know, we also had a woman who was 72 with really fair skin and like we put them on her and we learned a lot about what she needed versus what somebody who is darker skin, who, what, how they can take it. So it was really important to us to be able to work with people to understand what they wanted because people want different things. They have different desires. And a lot of that has to do with how they see themselves. And it's a very natural process. It was, it was incredibly fun and exciting to be able to do something so intimately and like build it on people. Well, I'm so excited to check it out. So let's talk about funding for a second. So there's so many different ways to fund a business. So what path did you decide to take for your multiple ventures? Was it VC, private equity, friends and family? What would you recommend? You, you will know the second you sit down with somebody, if they are the right partner, it is not about going with family money, VC money. It's about the way you feel in your gut. I, I sat down with someone who is now my current partner and it was supposed to be a 45 minute check-in, hello, get to know you. And two and a half hours later, I was like, can we get married? I meant from a business point of view. Of course. And, um, <laughs> believing in sharing ethos, sharing values, sharing vision with someone is the single most important thing. It doesn't matter where the money is coming from. If you believe in the person and the people that you are working with and you share their common goals and values, it's it's the only thing you need to worry about. So now, obviously, you've gone from steady corporate salary job <laughs> to running multiple companies, multiple projects. Like, How did you navigate this shift early on and what were some of the challenges that you faced? Oh my God, so messy. I mean, I, I have an accountant and he like, honestly think he would like to drop me as a client. <laughs> it's really hard because I think so many of the projects cross over. You know, it's, it's not an easy process. I think having people around you who you trust. I mean, the one thing that I do know and I have had a really... I'm happy that I've had the experiences to know what I'm not good at and where the money is going and where it's sitting and how it's coming and going is not something I feel interested in tracking. And so that was probably one of the first things that I made sure is that I, there was someone on my crew that was doing that and do it if I really need to. I really, really don't want to. It also is like, I see this in a lot of people who have smaller businesses is that they end up doing everything and it is a creative time suck. It is actually cre being creative and dreaming a little bit is not commensurate with like two plus two equals four. It's just not. Mm. It's literally mm -hmm at an inverse of that concept. And so it's a hard thing to do along the side of each other. So I, if it's possible, if you can, I would always suggest having somebody who can manage the, you know, sort of 
cash flow and just like basic accounting. It's a it's, it's just a different brain. Hey, work party listeners, let's take a pause from today's episode to get candid about everyone's favorite TMI topic, birth control. I've primarily experimented with hormonal options. And to be honest, my experience has been less than positive. Hormonal birth control is just not for me. So I devoted a few years to testing out different brands and methods, but I realized there's a serious lack of hormone-free prescription options out there. Women deserve more when it comes to birth control. Over the last two decades, there have been very few advancements in women birth control options until now. I'm so excited to let you know there is a new hormone-free birth control option that's FDA approved and available now. It's called Fexi, and it's a combination of lactic acid, citric acid, and potassium bitartrate. Fexi is a first-of-its-kind, hormone-free, female-controlled, on-demand prescription birth control vaginal gel. It works by maintaining the vagina's pH level to prevent pregnancy. Fexi comes in a small applicator, much like a tampon, and it's so easy to use. You have to remember that it's only effective when used before sex, and it must be applied again before each act of vaginal sex. Luckily, it works immediately and can be used on demand up to an hour before sex. So go ahead and add it to your pre-sex routine. Remember, one dose, one hour, one act. The best part is you can get a prescription for Fexi and get it delivered right to your door without leaving your home office or taking tons of time out of your busy day. We get our groceries and our dry cleaning delivered, so why not our birth control too? You can always go through your own doctor and set an appointment with them, or the Fexi website can connect you directly to a telehealth platform where you can talk to a doctor, and if Fexi is right for you, you can get a prescription seamlessly and rapidly without having to wait for an appointment. While Fexi could be a great option for many women, it isn't right for everyone, like those with a history of repeated urinary tract infections. And as with any new birth control, be sure to check for any ingredient in Fexi you or your partner may be allergic to. Additionally, Fexi does not protect against STIs. Fexi gives us a contraceptive control on our terms. That's why I'm so excited it's one more option to empower women when it comes to contraceptive and reproductive choices. To learn more about Fexi, ask your healthcare provider to see if you're a good candidate and visit Fexi.com for complete product information and to get a prescription directly from a telehealth platform. That's Fexi, P-H-E-X-X-I.com. Also, you know, when you're first starting out, it's like you kind of have to do everything, but then getting, you've already learned what you're good and bad at. I feel like sometimes people are figuring that out along the way, but we always like to say staff your weaknesses and bring people on to help with the things that you're not good at. So, so you're doing all this, you have all these different projects and like COVID-19 hits, you know, how has this impacted your business, you know, from launches and marketing and, and, you know, what have you kind of learned along the way? I mean, it's been... (laughs) I can't even begin to express how challenging it has been. I'm, I mean, listen, I am deeply fortunate and lucky to actually have a project to work on. And I know that I'm really lucky. So I, I, I you know, I'm not, it's not lost on me that I, I'm fortunate to have all these projects in the work. It is a struggle and absolute insane challenge to launch something creative on, t- you know, the challenges, I, there are numerous. I mean, first of all, hiring, it is impossible to, it, not impossible, we have done it, but it is It is so hard to hire people on a Zoom call. It just isn't the best way to build a team. It's doable and we have done it. And I'm very proud and very happy with the people who are on the team, but it is hard. Mm -hmm. On top of that, you know, I've had some people in the office. I have an office downstairs from my apartment and, you know, people have cycled in a little bit more recently because we're getting so close to launch and we've had to have some photo shoots and we 
had been able to do that. But the amount of work we are able to do in a day is commensurate to the same amount of work we can do in a week when we're separated. It is so hard to, I can lay out three things together and we can point and look at that and say, that looks better. That looks better. But doing it on a, on a screen, it's like, well, can you pull that up again? Oh, can I share Can you share your screen? No, I can't see that. Can you see that? Oh, wait. Okay. It's like, oh, it is so hard. And so we delayed our launch. We were supposed to launch in June. You know, we are not launching until September. We weren't able to take up any, you know, everything we need to do is based on a photo shoot. You can't be yeah, up in right. someone's eye and their face and putting makeup on them and taking a picture without a mask on in the middle of a pandemic. And so we had to hold. And, you know, we were lucky that we were able to do that. You know, it's definitely cost us a lot of money and it's put a little bit more pressure on our PL and we need to programming to get this thing. If I'd had a business that was already in works, you know, fully in works, it probably would have been a little easier, but my God, yeah. I feel forever who's experiencing it right now. It is rough. It is rough. And I know so many people who were launching this year and I just feel like, it, I mean, we'll just get through it. We're going to do it. But like, oh God, you know, I do want to talk a little bit about social media. So it's like, obviously it's completely changed the way we do business, the way we shop, the way we interact, the way we influence. I remember when you joined Instagram, it was like, John Alliance is on Instagram. So what impact has it had on, you know, your strategies and what you think about when you're launching a brand and, and how do you think businesses can adapt to, you know, this ever changing media that now we completely rely. I didn't join it for a whole host of reasons um, that mostly, most of them were personal, but now, you know, I've always been, I've always been watching. So I've been on it for a while, but just haven't posted. One of the things that I think is really hard about the, the web in general and sort of all online processes is that they are all subject to an algorithm and algorithms are a little bit of a tricky thing because what they do is they continue to serve you up things you've already seen. You lose, there's not, there's not as much opportunity for excitement and for surprise, which I always have an issue with. And so I think particularly when, when Instagram first instigated their, initiated their algorithm, I found that I all of a sudden was just seeing things that I already seen. And I was, I was, I was kind of disappointed. However, there's something really interesting about what is happening now, literally in the mo- in the middle of editing videos for this beauty project. And what I realized is that we are able to really be targeted. And because what Instagram does do in their algorithm is really helps you figure out like, oh, this customer is, you know, a light-skinned woman or she's liking, she's she's purchasing or is attracted to or following people that look like this. Oh, this person is a darker skinned woman or is purchased or is following think people like this. This person is Asian and they pro- they're following. You, you can get a sense of their culture. And so you can actually, if we have imagery, I want to serve imagery to somebody that looks like you. I want it to look like whoever there's there. So it, what, it, what it allows you to do is serve up imagery that looks like you, that is related to who you are and how you see yourself, which is an incredible opportunity. Um, so I think while I'm, Maybe against the algorithm, I do think in terms of the way it can help you with advertising and targeting, it's actually pretty amazing. So also, you know, with Instagram, there's a lot of conversation around, you know, these glossy, perfect life, obviously in the fashion industry as well. And now, honestly, with entrepreneurs, it's this like, you know, amazing kind of like, she's done it. She's perfect. She's done everything right. But, you know, what do you really feel about that? And like, how, what changes would you like to see about the way people are sort of talking about these perfect glossy Instagram jobs or lives or whatever it might be. I'm very comfortable with sharing the mess. And, and truthfully, you know, I think having had the experience of done, doing quite a bit of press and been out there in the world myself, um, I found that when I was more honest about my struggles, people felt much more connected to that. And, and I think, you know, no, no one is perfect. 
And I think one of the reasons I love Chrissy Teigen is I think she's so bold and and generous with her perspective, her life, her troubles, her fears, her challenges. And I think that's a really, and I think it has endeared people to her so much. And I think it's appreciate that far more than perfection. I'm not so interested in that. I know it's not achievable. I think it's hard on people. It's a little bit like retouching your life. So we're going to wrap with some rapid fire questions. Are you Uh ready? (laughs) There's only three. It'll be painless. I promise. So the highlight of my career to date has been part of the inauguration of the Obamas. I I had a feeling it was going to be Obama related. The book I always recommend is... Is a podcast called Startup. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's so good. It's like one of my favorites. And the best advice I've ever received... It feels wrong. It's wrong. Trust yourself. Amazing. Thank you so much, Jenna. That was wonderful. And thank you so much for your advice. Good luck on the launch. And we're so excited to see what you do next. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. Take care. Yay. Bye. Have you bought your copy of Work Party the Book? Part career manifesto, part practical business advice, Work Party the Book is everything I wish I knew during my early years as an entrepreneur. The ups, the downs, the things I learned and the women that helped me to make it happen. Just like in our podcast, Work Party the Book does not shy away from the nitty gritty details you need to know. If you hope to start your own business or become the HBIC at your current gig, we're here to help you out. Available in hardcover and audiobook on Amazon, also on iBooks at Target and your local bookstore. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Work Party, the podcast. If you felt inspired and learned something new, let us know in a review on iTunes and check us out on social at Work Party. For every episode, we have downloadable resources available on workparty.com so you can put these tips and tools into action for your own business. Thanks again for listening. And as always, work hard, party on. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows.